anyone being able to know on a daily basis what takes your time and what doesn't and what is allowable to, to take your time and what isn't. And there's a very fine line for you as an individual that I, I'm trying to lead you to create. Welcome to the More Than Corporate Podcast. I'm Amber Furman, recovering perfectionist and serial accomplisher. If you're anything like I used to be, you've been living your life thinking that if you accomplish enough stuff, you'll finally find the success you've always wanted. But what if it's not about accomplishing more stuff? What if it's about accomplishing the right stuff? I believe you don't find success. You create it by intentionally designing the life you want and having the courage to get out of your comfort zone to live your design. I went from doing what I was supposed to do to doing what I love to do, and now I get to help others do the same. Keep listening as I chat with inspiring people who make it their mission to live their best life every day and learn how you too can live the life you've always wanted. Welcome back to another episode of the More Than Corporate Podcast. I am so excited to bring to you an amazing guest today. Um, we're going to have Mike Arnold on. Mike and I were just having an amazing conversation about what it's like working from home and the mentality that needs to go into that of being able to really have that self-discipline to help you be able to accomplish your goals. And I'm really excited to dig into this topic with him. Mike Arnold is a work from home entrepreneur with skills that range from business management, business development, time management, strategy, efficiency coaching, and much more. He has worked for over 15 years from home working, not only for himself, but also for major corporations such as Cox Automotive, Verizon, Super Pages and major commercial finance companies. In his journey, he's made many mistakes and he's lived to share the wisdom to help you on your work from home journey, which is I know is something that so many of us are working with now. Um, there are plenty of ways that we can learn from each other. And he's going to show us how you can learn from his mistakes working from home and create your own successful actions, not only in this podcast, but he also has a really cool book we're going to get into. So I'm really excited for all of that. Really quickly, before we jump into that, speaking of books, this is brought to you by Success Development Solutions and the Design Your Life Book Club. The Design Your Life Book Club is designed to help you connect with authors, to learn from them, to be able to read their books in a group of people, be able to implement, and then actually have the opportunity to talk to authors and ask them questions. So if that's something that sounds interesting to you, if you want to level up your personal development, level up your success, and be able to do that in a group of really cool people, then go ahead and click in the Calendly link underneath this video. Let's jump on a call and see if it's a good fit for you. With that being said, let's go ahead and bring Mike in and talk about all of the amazing things to work from home. Mike, what's going on, man? How are you? Uh, good, Amber. Good. Good. I am so excited to dig into this conversation. Before we jumped on, I shared with you my story of starting my business and that freedom that I thought it was going to come with. And it does. It just comes with a different kind of freedom. And I'm really excited to dig in and get your, your thoughts from your lessons and the books and all of that um, as we dig into this podcast. So thanks for coming on. Yeah, no, good to be here. Awesome. So before we jump into the good stuff, um, what I love to do is learn a little bit more about you. The um, what, what brought you to where you are now? So what was it like in the mind of 12, 13-year-old Mike Arnold? Did you think that this was what you were going to be doing? What did you want to do when you grew up? Like, what, what did that look like? 
I love that question. That's a, uh, wow, that's pretty good. That you're the first person to ask me this question. Um, you know, I think as a young Mike Arnold, uh, honestly, I used to, uh, spend some summers out in, in Utah and I used to walk around the city and visit people at different buildings, like, uh, even the airport traffic controllers, some of the city officials. And I used to visit them because my grandmother worked at the community college and uh, would let me walk about the entire uh, city. And I, I realized as an adult in my careers working from home that I did a lot of visiting and consulting. And it was just so interesting how it reminded me as a kid that this is what I actually did was visit these people and get them to talk to me. And because I was so young as a kid, obviously people say whatever they want because they know there's nobody there that's going to hold them to anything. Um, and it's funny, I find myself doing the same thing now when I consult for businesses or talk to a friend that needs help or, you know, do any of the things that I do. So, so I would say, you know, I, I definitely um, had an uh, urge in that direction. I uh, had no idea that I'd be a work from home entrepreneur or, or really interested in the things that I'm interested in now. I mean, Gosh, I think every day I study, every day I, I learn. Uh, and when I was a kid, I had this fallacy that I would have to stop doing school at some point in school. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's funny. Yeah, I think that's really interesting because um, there's a couple things that stood out when you were talking. First of all, what part of Utah? Uh, St. George, actually. Okay. I grew up in Southern Idaho. So whenever anybody oh, says, nice. yeah, so I'm always like, okay, what part of Utah are we talking? Um yeah. That whole comment that you just made about having to stop school, I think that that's super powerful because what happens, especially with highly educated people, is they think, okay, I'm going to put in all the work now. I'm going to learn everything that I need to learn, and I'm going to do it in like the next 10 years. And then after that, life's just going to be amazing and smooth sailing, and there's going to be no more learning. And it, it's kind of this double-edged sword. I know for me, when I got out of law school, it's like, okay, I'm done learning now. <laughs> and then you just wake up and you're like, oh, this is my life. Yeah. And then right. you want to learn more about different things. And once you embrace that, life is always about learning. And that's what we get to do as entrepreneurs is just constantly learn new things. Right. Like, it gets really cool. Yeah. Yeah. I love that too. I honestly, uh, you know, why, why does somebody not want to learn? It's because they don't really understand or they have some sort of like learning problem in relation to maybe even the t person teaching, right? The way the information isn't properly set up gradiently or there's misunderstood words or whatever that may be. Um, so it, it is funny though, how today it's one of my greatest pleasures is yeah. to learn, you know, and I, I don't go a day without learning something, reading something, studying in some way. Uh, I study every day religiously and, um, you know, it, it, like I said, it's one of, one of my, my pleasures for sure. Yeah, I definitely agree with you on that. And one of the things that became really frustrating to me, especially as we started getting into um, the growth mindset that brought that COVID brought out in some people that were stuck in that um, false security that exists in working for somebody, right? COVID right. took that away. And then all of a sudden individuals that weren't aware of how much reading goes into people who are entrepreneurs and, and growth, we're starting to figure it out. And then yeah. there were these challenges out there of how many books can you read in a, in a, a month and how many can you read in a year? And I thought, 
God, we're focusing on the wrong thing. Like, yeah, I don't want to get to the end of the year and say, I read a hundred books. I want to get to the end of the year and say, these are the hundred things I learned from the 10 yeah. books I read. Right. Yeah, and I, I totally. just feel like that's not talked about enough. It's like numbers, numbers, numbers. What are yeah. you taking from it? Yeah, no, that's a huge, huge point for all education. As a matter of fact, there's a difference between memorizing something and being educated, right? Yeah. You memorize something, you can only go to the extent of your memory uh, and, and you ed are educated on something you can adapt as it adapts. And that's something that isn't taught. It's yeah. all about memorization. And it's not that schools are perpetuating the memorization techniques, but there's just not enough on quality and too much focus on quantity in relation to this, um, that honestly, I've had to, I had to revamp uh, as an adult, even more so, you know, in the, in the corporate world, when you're dealing with like Cox, Cox Automotive, they had, gosh, I think 10 megacorps under the corp that, that I had to deal with and information flying at me nonstop. Um, you know, part of the reason I wrote my book was because of a lot of the people that I worked with there, you know, whether they were clients or, or colleagues, um, and that was a big deal. There was nonstop learning required. I mean, we're talking, yeah. you were, you know, in, uh, you know, focused every day, seven days a week of learning, not really required, totally seven days, but you know, if you're really wanting to do what you do and be the best, you, you get on top of things. Right. Yeah. So, but it is a big part of, and plus, I mean, this is our society. Our society has learned something new. Like, and you know, it's interesting when you really break it down to the way you just addressed it. Um, you look at us today, like learning is forced on most of us, yeah. especially with a new phone, a new TV, like how many people actually have a choice to learn about the next phone? No, not yeah. many people. Cause they, they see a couple features that they were just forced to learn and they're like, Oh, I kind of want that. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? Cause it's cool or whatever. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's interesting that when we break down these limiting beliefs that we all have, you know, you yeah. have that person that has the newest of iPhones all the time mm -hmm. and then talks about not being able to learn well or being ADD or, or, you know, doing <laughs> right. these things over here and our brain, it's so crazy because it doesn't contextualize the way that we think it does. And so mm -hmm. those people really think like, I can't learn because, you know, Susie, when I was seven, told me that I was dumb and I believed her. And but Apple tells me that I can have everything that I want to have. And right. so I got to go figure out how to use this phone. And it's interesting when you step back and we look at it as entrepreneurs looking at how do we connect with the most amount of people. Marketing agencies have really learned how to gamify the learning process and, and yeah. make it fun in that context. We as entrepreneurs need to learn how to do the same thing for our personal growth. Yeah, it's, it's actually, you know, it's funny. I, I think there's, uh, there's a book out there called Trust Me, I'm Lying by oh, Ryan Holiday. And it's a marketing book. Um, and it explains some of the ways that media and marketing have, have created, you know, counter companies that are owned by the same person. Um, and they, they kind of go into that. Honestly, you know, that's a big part of actually how I start the book is, you know, the reason it's called slacking off is because everybody wants to slack off or, or most people do. Um, but it's the things that take your attention away that build up over time that kind of make people feel like unfinished business has, yeah. has you know, it's plagued them at the end of the day. And uh, so 
some of the biggest and most uh, you know, prevalent problems in corporate, non-corporate, entrepreneurs, work from homers, whatever it is, is the little things that take attention away from a task that you set out to do um, that you never actually do or you do late or a bunch of other things have piled up. And then, of course, you know, you're left with this like wanting. And then, of course, you go and you you do whatever you do to handle your dissatisfaction with your own performance. Because at the end of the day, like the judge that matters is you. Yeah. Right. You're the judge or God or, or whatever you you deem that to be for yourself. But ultimately, you still judge yourself. Right. I mean, like yeah. we're our own worst judge. So that's a big part of why I wrote and started the book this way. Everybody has a slack off day. Um, yep. They do everything they can to avoid work the first day. And that's a switch of mindset that I love and enjoy. And I like to play the game because I want people to just see uh, how hard it is for their attention to actually sway. I, I actually wonder, and I, I may do this later, how many people will actually work because now they're being told they can't. Yeah. And then, <laughs> and, then, yeah. I, and, then, and then they take that list in the next day and then they actually work and they get to see what they do to slack off. And now they can't pretend that they're not slacking off by doing whatever it is they did the day before, which whether it's Facebook or Instagram or looking online or cooking or cleaning or whatever you would do. Um, but the point is, is that, you know, we want to be the best we can be. I think deep down, everybody's good. You know, they end up bad because they progress in one direction or another. But, you know, nobody working from home probably is, is ending up being a criminal, but who knows? You know what I mean? Right. I mean, they, there's lots of laws broken from people who work from home and got too much time on their hands. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I hear that for sure. Um, you know, it's, it's interesting and I'm looking forward to hearing your perspective on this because I think that I know that when I started my business and started working from home, mm -hmm. we believe because of maybe the way that we're raised or the education system that it has to be hard, right? right? And that we're supposed to do everything and that we can't delegate that. Like I'm the worst delegator in the world. I'm getting better at it. But it's like, how do people do all of this? And the answer is they don't. And so right. when you start growing that business and you start working from home and you start creating the life that you want to have, which is something that you talk about so much of like, mm. what, what do you want to do with your time and how do we make that happen? Mm the key to doing that is handing off all the shit you don't want to do and, mm -hmm. and that you're not good at. So mm -hmm. what's for that person that doesn't delegate well and is saying, mm -hmm. I'm working from home, but I'm working like 97 hours a day because mm -hmm. I've got all of these things to do. What's that key to getting them to start to flip that switch to saying, you know what, I can accept help for this. You know, it's a, that's actually a, a, one of the biggest things that I think if I were to say that I can help somebody with, personally, uh, who would be stuck in a situation is helping them make a decision. I think, um, you know, the end of this book is a lead up to anyone being able to know on a daily basis, what takes your time and what doesn't, and what is allowable to, to take your time and what isn't. And there's a very fine line for you as an individual that I, I'm trying to lead you to create. I want you to create that line for yourself. And so that's actually, you know, read the book, go through the exercises. It's a very simple, easy read. Uh, I structured it a little bit different, but honestly, 
it's really just prioritizing. You really have to know what on a daily basis is actually important to you. The worst thing anybody can do is some action that they don't agree with, but do anyway. Yeah. Uh, it's a damaging situation mentally for somebody who continually do that, does that on a daily basis. You don't like your job, understand many people may do things they don't like, um, but they have to do it because they have to pay their bills or whatever they tell themselves. But on a, on a personal level, you, you know, reiterate the, the reasons you do what you do every mm -hmm. day and you'll have more energy. You'll have more confront. Yeah. I want, I want people to confront and that's really what it's down. I think that's ultimately the answer to your question is just really confronting for yourself what matters and doesn't. Yeah. Um, and then obviously, like you said, strengths and weaknesses, know your strengths and weaknesses. I think as a part of the journey on this book is, is many people will start to understand their own strengths and weaknesses more for themselves. See, I'm not writing this book for your boss or your, yeah. your client. I'm writing the book for you so that you can go through it and actually learn things about yourself that you may, didn't, you may have not known before. Yeah. Um, and, and then keep yourself present more, like be mm -hmm. present more. And yeah. that's a big, big deal because at, I think in the journey of my work from home and personal, spiritual, everything, uh, you know, the whole, the whole thing, I realized that being here is the best thing you could ever do. And not being here is the worst thing you could ever do. Yeah. And uh, it's, it's really, it's, there's so many levels of being present mm -hmm. that I hadn't been aware of prior to now. And that's just ultimately what I, I would like to help, you know, occur is right for that person who works 97 hours a day, uh, obviously, you know, 24 hours a day or 22 hours a day or 20 hours a day. I promise you that in through this book, you're going to get hours back for sure. That's the yeah. one thing 100% that, that I created this for was when at the end of it, I wrote it and was like, whoa, what did I just, did I just give people back time? You did. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. a big deal. And, and peace of mind too, because what you're talking about is one of, you know, you described it as confronting, which it really yeah. is. How many times do we live our life because we think that's what somebody else wants us to do. Yeah. It's been our parents that tell us this is what success means. This is what you should do. Um, that phrase of, I just want you to have better than I had. Like that's so damaging, right? Um, mm. Because we end up creating things that we think other people want. We do things that we think other people want. I know I recently was describing my process in to law school and out of law school and into the entrepreneurial journey. And mm -hmm. it was so bad that when people would ask me post law school, what I like to do with my free time, I couldn't yeah. answer them. I didn't know because yeah. so much of who I was had been engulfed by becoming this attorney that I thought everybody else wanted me to be. Wow. So when you say like confront what it is you really want to do and the rest just falls into place, what is it that you want to do with your career, with your life. The people that reach that level of success that we've reached with CEOs or, or doctors or pharmacies or whatever, oftentimes they're the most successful people in their family. And then yeah. they, their family looks at them and is like, but everything's got to be perfect because you have what I wanted. Mm -hmm. And they're living vicariously through them and they don't make that confrontation. So I love that you described it at that because it really is a battle. It's a confrontation yeah. with who everybody else wants you to be combined with 
who it is that you want to be and being willing to put your foot down and say, you know what, enough is enough. I'm done. Right. Right. It's a, that's huge. That's so big. It's so amazing how culturally, uh, for me personally, you know, I grew up that you just, you're supposed to serve everyone around you. Um, and while I believe there's definitely a level of that in everyone's life that's required, I think it's a part of life. One thing that was negated was serving yourself first to make sure that you're the strongest foundation of that house you're building, which is to support everybody else. See that that's the one thing that is totally was missed on me. I can't say it's missed for everybody else, but was missed on me was like, it was like serve so much that you disappear. Mm-hmm. And, and I think, uh, I think that was probably the biggest confusion for me and based on the examples I had in front of me and the examples of people around me who had these amazing careers and super successful, um, they were known uh, because they made a lot of money or were successful or did these things, but it's really because they kind of like did so much for everybody else, they disappeared. And then, you know, later on they're doing things like, you know, you hear people committing suicide or doing weird, strange things or weird practices because they negated that part. And this is actually the reverse. You know, this is the beginning, I think, for a lot of people. They're waking up right now as we speak mm-hmm. about, you know, wow, if I just invest in myself and make sure I'm good, then when I go out there and I'm a part of my family or I'm part of my business or I'm a part of the group that I'm a part of, I can be the best possible person because I know where my personal integrity lies. But if you don't have that personal integrity in place to the to the degree that you're every moment of time, you know where it stands inside you or with you, then it just kind of goes crazy. You know what I mean? You don't have that in place. Things go crazy. You start doing things you don't want to do, you know, and then you're not present. Right. So, and I I learned that all the time, honestly, I learn it all the time. Yeah. You know, me too. And I love that you keep bringing it back to presence because that's was the next place that I was going to go. You know, Mm -hmm. when you allow yourself to be really present, Mm-hmm. you realize how not present you've been through the rest of your life. Like all those yeah. times that you thought you were there. Right. And then yeah. you're like, Oh, this is what it feels like to be present. Yeah. This is what it feels like to actually spend time with my family or my yeah. kids or my parents or whatever. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I was listening, I was in a, a class, a training, listening to somebody talk about not having memories of um, a childhood situation that she was in. And she says, you know, I'm starting to think that the reason that I don't have memories is because I was never really there. Mm. That I, I don't remember what went on because I didn't pay attention. Mm-hmm. I'm like, how, how painful of a lesson is that to have to learn, right? So yeah. I love that you keep bringing it back to presence. And so for you, as you look at this book where you talk about the tools and resources that you need to be able to work from home, to have that management of yourself, to have that self-focus. Do you actually like calendar in family time and personal time and things to that effect? Or how do you make sure that your mind's not wandering and you are focused? Cause that's a huge deal. Yeah, that's exactly what I do. So, so I basically, um, I'm an entrepreneur. I also work for a medical technology company that's working on, it's 105th patent. I'm uh, trying to help, you know, human human rights advocates, um, you know, all kinds of different organizations and things. So I I use my calendar so that I actually can have mind space. 
you know, I was against the calendar originally in the beginning of my career. I, I avoided it like the plague. I was like, listen, anybody use the calendar. They're boring. Blah, all the horrible things of the fact that I just didn't understand the calendar and didn't want to go through the process of learning it. Um, and, and I like spontaneity, right? You're just spontaneously yep. doing things and you can do it because you're an artist and you're smart and you can retain everything. And, and that freedom everything. we talked about, right? Like yeah, you got to exactly. have that freedom. And then I started with my own personal things being scheduled. I said, you know, I'm not going to use the work calendar. I'm going to use the mic calendar and just schedule the things that matter to me because that's actually what bothers me the most is when I don't go to the gym or I don't eat the proper, you know, at the proper time or I don't eat the proper meal or I don't, you know, do something for myself. That's actually where things start to go awry is when I don't do the things I need to do for myself then it will affect the work. Then it will affect the home life. But long story short, I schedule the personal things on the calendar. They either show blocked off or they show to the people that see my calendar. Then the business things after. But personal always comes first because at the end of the day, uh, you know, I don't know about you, but when I don't eat for 10 hours, I tend to get a little irritated. <laughs> I am so. the queen of hangry. Like, yeah. and, and it's my friends know, like I, I am a walking Snickers commercial. Like my, <laughs> my line is almost non-existent and my friends can see it like, okay, yeah. we need to feed you. Right. Yeah, yeah. So, That's so totally I get true. that. And I was totally with you. Like my, my coach has been harping on me for calendaring for like two years and, yeah. and now I teach it. And, awesome. and she's like, it's so interesting to me that the thing that you've chosen to latch onto is calendaring because I fought it tooth and nail. And it was the freedom thing for me. Like, nobody's going to yeah. tell me what to do. Like, right. I'm not going to put myself in this box. And there were so many situations where it was like, oh my gosh, all the things I got done on my task list because I was actually paying attention. Right. Um, but the final nail in the coffin um, was, did you watch The Last Dance with Michael Jordan? Did you see that? Uh, I don't think I did. No, so I, I may was, have seen a light version of it or, or like bits and pieces, but continue. So I, I actually heard this story, first of all, in Tim Grover's new book, Winning. Um, mm -hmm. And he talks about his relationship with Michael Jordan. Mm -hmm. And he was talking about how Michael Jordan was so meticulous that everything down to what he ate, when he ate it, but all of that was pre-calendared in. Mm -hmm. And somebody asked him one day, why do you have it like this? And he said, because the more that the mundane is calendared in, then the more brain power I have to focus on the stuff that matters, the stuff yeah. that isn't mundane, the stuff that I need to deal with every single day. If I'm worried about when I'm going to eat and what I'm going to eat, and when I'm going to train, then I can't worry about how I'm going to defend on a court, right? Yeah. So like you only have so much brain power. And the moment I read that, I was like, oh, crap. So yeah. yeah, that's exactly, <laughs> it's true. It's 100%. We're speaking the same language. That's exactly uh, the reason I do it is because now I can, I can spend the time that I need to spend doing the things I need to do to be present. That's yeah. it. And that's, Absolutely. Huge. that's just it. Not worrying about my next one because I know the notification is going to pop up.
Yeah, that's really cool. And I'm really excited for people to read and dig into the exercises in your book. I always love it when books have the exercises. You heard me talk about implementation. To me, Mm -hmm. people read too much. They don't implement enough. And so I love it when books are like, hey, put this down, like stop reading, do this and come back. Right. I think that that's Mm -hmm. so powerful. So um, I'm really curious, though, because this book is so relevant was this a COVID <laughs> creation or was no. this in your mind before this? Like, how did this happen? So I just, uh, I just actually had this, this question uh, differently asked earlier um, on a different podcast. And I wrote this in 2018. I started writing oh, wow. it in the beginning of 2018, actually in January, February of 2018, because I had done a lot of self-reflection, you know, some spiritual stuff. And I was looking at, you know, what caused the most damage for me. Um, and how could I help prevent that from people who are working from home after a certain amount of years or getting into something where they have a lot of freedom, which are mostly entrepreneurs or people that work from home, right? And, and then become a victim of their own creation, right? Which is people who work from home after about a year, which is right about now, I guess, year and a year and a half. Um, and then start to let that free time uh, attack by, you know, floating their attention in one direction or another. So no, it was it was definitely created in 2018, and I I I have to confess I felt very guilty. <laughs> in April of last year, I felt so guilty, and it literally felt like a monkey on my back, just like yelling at me, like, "Why have you not finished this book?" Because I realized that the whole reason I created it was to prevent, you know, misery in working from home. You yeah. know what I mean? And it's probably very needed more so now. So. The more I talk about it, the better, the more people see it, the better. And then, of course, I'll feel better about it. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) And, you know, it's out there now, which is about the time that everybody needs it, right? So one of my favorite things you talk about is learning your lessons and living through those and being able to share those. So this, I wouldn't be a good podcast host if I didn't ask you what your biggest lesson was. Uh, You know, that's a good question. Um, My biggest lesson uh, is confront intricately in every way for myself, confront time, confront money, confront moments, confront relationships. Don't allow anything to affect my personal integrity. My personal integrity is the most important thing, even beyond in, in most cases, even beyond my, my personal life. It's very important. Um, I I'm a, one person that grew up with, you know, single mother, sisters, had to kind of fend for myself a lot. And, um, you know, I was surrounded by people who were on both sides, personal integrity, no personal integrity, uh, survival over personal integrity or personal integrity over survival. And as an adult, and I'd say as a, as a much um, saner individual than I've ever <laughs> been, I, I realized that my personal integrity is more important than anything. And it really is more important than anything. And that is a hard thing to to swallow for a lot of people who, you know, are conflicted with beliefs. And I think when I'm integral, uh, then obviously, you know, everything else falls into place very well. And and people are not disappointed, including myself. I I don't lose sleep, right? Mm -hmm. And it's crazy how many people lose sleep over personal integrity they're unwilling to face. That's it. Confront and, you know, make sure that my integrity's in. 
Yeah. I, you know, you took the words out of my mouth when you said that everything falls into place, because that was the comment that I was going to make is that like, we have so many options out there yeah. with what to do with our life and with our days and with our time. But when you were looking at where does that fall in that integrity line for you, you know, mm-hmm. 75% of those options fall off the the plate and now you're just stuck with one or two. Right. But oh, that integrity and, and making those choices conflicts with people's fear of missing out and their fear of upsetting somebody and their fear of not belonging and their fear of being judged. And all of these things that we as humans and especially entrepreneurs and business owners get to face. And so when you're talking, I'm just seeing it as like this shield of protection of like, this is me and this is my integrity and this is my space. And while all of these other things are painful they're nowhere near as painful as giving up my integrity and what happens after that, which is such an yeah. important lesson for people to learn. Huge, huge. And yeah. that's, that's ultimately, and it's one that I, I learn at higher degrees every single day, every yeah. day, every day that you resist through things that will test your personal integrity, more things will be bigger and stronger to try to test that personal integrity. And I think that's a big lesson for, for life in general, right? Yeah. Keep that integrity. And just like anything else, the, the, the things will stop knocking at your door the longer you hold out. You know, yeah. you know what you want. You know what you could do. You know what you, you uh, consider to be right and wrong yourself personally. Stay, stay in integrity. You know, yeah. that's, that's, and that's, uh, you know, again, a lesson I, I still, you know, have to learn myself every day. Make sure yeah. that I'm, I'm doing that. Yeah. And it's almost like, you know, whatever, whatever your beliefs are and whatever you think that energetic force is out there, it's almost like the universe is going to dangle it in front of you and be like, let's see how bad she wants this dream. She says she wants, right? Because here's this thing that's almost that dream she wants. Mm -hmm. So let's see if we can direct her focus here. Right. And, and it's so crazy because so many times we're like, oh, well, it's close, right? It's close. I think I can make it work. So I absolutely love that. Um, Your book is called Slacking Off, which Mm -hmm. is a great title. Um, Everybody (laughs) should learn how to do it um, and how to do it effectively, right? My family asks me all the time. They're like, do you ever work? I'm like, (laughs) I run three businesses. I work all the time unless I'm not working. I just enjoy what I do, right? And I hand off everything I don't want to do. So um, where can people find this book? What's the best place for them to, to get it? Uh, Amazon is the best place to get it. That's where I, I put it up uh, in the beginning of the year. And, um, you know, that's really the only place you can get it. it you can either get a digital version or, or a hard copy. Um, and that's that's really it. I mean, it's slacking off a successful way to work from home. I said a successful way to work from home because it's not the only successful way because I want everybody to create their own. But, uh, yeah, that's it. That's awesome. And when people read the book and they do the exercises and their life transforms and they become more productive, how can they contact you to say thank you and to continue this conversation? Uh, so you can reach me on Facebook, Slacking Off Book, uh, Instagram, uh, Twitter. Uh, you can also obviously leave a review on the Amazon review uh, channel that you, you do for everything. I guess you buy on Amazon nowadays. Um, <laughs> and, you know, yeah, any I'm welcoming of any communication whatsoever. I definitely you know, want to assist anybody, you know, to get through. And I'll actually be adding some, some videos to help people go through the exercises as well through video instruction here in the next couple months. Awesome. And it looks like, I can't tell who's commenting this because of StreamYard's 
limitation with groups, but somebody saying that Amazon only seems to have the digital version in Canada. Is there a place that international users can purchase a physical book? That is a good question. I would say, I know in the UK and in Australia, they, they'll send the print version. I'll have to check on Canada and find out why uh, it's not available. But I would say the only other way you could do it is obviously um, there's another third party place, I believe, that will, will let you buy it like on uh, through Google. You just look up slacking off a successful way to work from home. And then they'll Perfect. probably ship it to you in Canada. If not, reach out to me directly and I'll get you one for sure. Perfect. Um, and let's see, who was that? Oh, it was Tracy up in Canada. So Tracy, if you only knew somebody who lived in Vegas that could buy a book and send it to you, I mean, I don't know who that could be. So um, <laughs> we will get you a book if you want a book in your hands. Um, perfect. So let's go ahead and switch for just a minute because this is the more than corporate podcast about the finding your own idea of success. And I believe that we design the life that we want to have. And that mm -hmm. all starts with the definition of success. And if that definition of success isn't true to us, then the rest of the blueprint is completely off base. So right. I ask every single one of my podcast guests, what does success mean to you on both a micro level every single day and a macro level in this like overreaching definition of success? What are those two definitions? for you? You know, uh, success is to me getting what I want when I want it. Yes. That's really it. Uh, you know, if I write a goal long or short term and I get what I want when I want it, uh, that's success. Uh, when I'm playing a game, if I want to win, it's getting what I want when I want it. When I'm trying to pull together a, you know, $10 million contract, uh, then, you know, getting it before a specific time is correct, or even just succeeding in a particular area where I'm trying to, to expand or discover something new. It's really it. I mean, that is the easiest, simplest way I can explain it. It truly yeah. is just getting what I want when I want it. Yeah. I love it. Um, my, my, I am backwards. My success board on the back is what I want, when I want with who I want and how I want. Like, that's... Oh, look at that. That's it. So um, I 100% agree with you. So obviously that's a mountain and every single day you take steps towards it. So how do you end every single day knowing that what you've done that day has been a success to you? Uh, you know, I, I'm actually doing something a little bit new uh, that I learned from uh, reading a book called 10X, the 10X rule by Grant Cardone, which is, um, you know, I write my goals down at the end of the day and the beginning of the day. Sometimes I'll do one or the other, but typically if I have enough uh, you know, ability to, to write down those goals, it, it's kind of like that personal commitment to help mm -hmm. do so. And it, it helps keep me on track to create and build what I need to do to make myself feel like I've achieved success, right? So that's a big, big part. I don't always do it. And I definitely am trying to be more good at that habit. Um, but yeah, that's, that's really ultimately what I'm doing mostly other than just reviewing the day, making sure that, you know, everything is completed. I mean, typically for me, I have I'm pretty good with time. So, so it's, it's possible. That's awesome. I, um, 100% agree with you that when I write down my goals in the beginning, and then I check like my calendar that I use actually has like a goal section on it. And then it's like, mm -hmm. today was a success because, and that's the last thing I write 
awesome. every single night. Um, so I 100% agree with that. And I love the 10X rule. It's a great book. So yeah, surprisingly yeah. great. Yeah. For it me, is. I didn't, I didn't give it a chance till now. And I'm really, really glad I read it for sure. Yeah, I was in a similar camp. Um, I am not normally a Grant Cordon lover, although uh-huh. he is a great, I mean, he's definitely got that financial success that I don't have. So he's doing something right. Um, I just was put off and maybe I I don't know what it was, but um, when I read that book and gave it a chance for the first time, I was like, Oh yeah, maybe I should have done this sooner. So yeah, same, same for sure. Awesome. All right. Well, really quickly, what I want to do is start to wrap up just a little bit with a quick random round and um, put you on the spot for just a minute. You okay with that? Yeah. Awesome. If you could have any profession other than what you're doing now, what do you think would be fun to attempt? An astronaut. I think being oh. an astronaut would be amazing. And I think we're all going to be an astronaut in the next five to 10 years anyway. So I was going to say, we're going to, we were talking about Tesla in another interview that I was doing. And um, I said, I want a Tesla truck. I won't buy a Tesla until they make a truck. Um, and I was like, I'll get Cyber to truck. Mars. Yeah. I'll get yeah. to Mars before I have a, before I have a Tesla truck. So um, <laughs> I love it. Astronaut is great. Um, has that always been something for you? Or is that something that's kind of come along as you've learned more and just stepped out of your comfort zone a little bit? Uh, totally stepping out of my comfort zone. So I used to be terrified of flying. I used to fly corporately about once a week and have like the worst fear ever wow. uh, and tried everything in, in the world to handle it and then realized, uh, you know, did some things to, and then I really understood why. And it was because I actually had this, this really uh, big um, curiosity in flying when I was a kid. Long story short, um, as I've developed that more, I've realized, you know, I actually love personal flight with a passion. It's one of my biggest passions. Um, personal flying vehicles is something that I'm heavily interested in. Um, I, I have my eye on the ball all over the world on this. And so, um, you know, as a matter of fact, I think in Japan, they're going to be first, uh, you know, government mandated, regulated airspace for people to own personal flying vehicles to go from their house to work. Um, yeah. And that, I believe in next year, it'll open it up. And they, Toyota has invested in a company um, anyway. And it's just, it's just a big, big thing for me. Yeah. And uh, I have a weird, innate, inherent, almost you would call uh, uh, over many lifetimes experience and knowledge that I didn't actually learn from a book but somehow it's correct uh, on aerodynamics, you know, not perfectly, but certainly in just a way that I understand what works and doesn't. Mm-hmm. So it just, it's led me in, a, in that direction. So is there a pilot's license coming in your future? And then you can Absolutely. just like zoom wherever you want. Yeah. hundred percent, hundred percent. However, you know, the newest vehicles, like there's a company called Lyft out there, personal mm-hmm. aircrafts aren't going to require uh, you to have a license because the only way they're going to allow them to be in existence is on autopilot so that, you know, not like the car situation, right? It's not going to be where you can fly by yourself. It's going to be where you have to have it on autopilot in city limits. Yeah. And, and that's, I mean, that's a prediction, of course. No, I've not seen that anywhere. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I definitely am going to get my pilot's license no matter what. Yeah, I've been wanting to do it for a really long time. My um, uncle was actually a flight instructor when I was a kid. And then it got put on the back burner. I mean, I've been in planes since I was a baby. um, And it was something I really wanted to do. And then I grew up and became an adult and thought that those dreams were dumb. And now that I'm just a big kid again, it's time to like bring those back to fruition. So um, 
I'm re- I think that's going to be really cool. And I love the conversation that you were having about those personal flying vehicles. It's going to be really interesting. So yeah, I love it. Um, books. So we have your book, which is amazing. Um, is there another book that you would recommend to somebody who's starting their entrepreneurial journey? What have you maybe recommended or gifted the most? Um, you know, I say, honestly, uh, never split the difference is, is a great so book. Good. Um, I love that book. And, you know, I've been in negotiation and sales for a long time throughout my, my different careers and management and, and leadership. And it's a very good book. I think from a personal journey perspective, uh, another book is uh, Illusions by Richard Bach. Um, it's the Illusions, the Adventures of a Reluctant Messiah. And it's kind of like a, a story-esque, um, you know, learn your lessons through a fictional story kind of thing. And it's a really, really great book. And when I first read it, uh, I found it a little tough to confront certain things. But but it really was a great book. It really opened up my mind uh, to to just other things, you know. And um, I think actually professionally, it, it advanced me like ASAP. I'm sure. And, and I was surprised because I'm not a I'm not a big fictional book reader, to be totally honest and, mm-hmm. and more vulnerable. But I'm learning that you know a lot of these fictional stories have amazing lessons when you look at it in a very yeah. like, clear cut way. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, all right. So if you could time travel, where would you go and why? Ooh, that's a tough one. Um, you know, I definitely would, would like to time travel back to like 300 BC with like Phoenician, uh, you know, type of era with all of the ways that the, you know, the earth is kind of more put together than it, it was spread out. I'd really like to see, in fact, what the technology was like and just how how advanced the, the actual civilization was. Because I know in my growing up, there was a lot of look at, uh, you know, history and like old times before in BC, before Christ, that um, they just weren't advanced. But yeah. it seems like as as time continues in recent times, that we're actually seeing that there was even more advanced stuff in weird sporadic times. And that just like kind of fascinates me that it's not always what we've been fed, uh, yeah. that the history is, is what it was, right. That it's, uh, there's actually some very still more fascinating things to learn there. Yeah. That's really cool. Um, my last question for you, because I am a music nerd and so I oh, have to that. ask this, um, what's your pump up song? What is it that you listen to that just gets you in a good mood? You know, I'm a big fan of uh, electronic music like Dead Mouse. Um, you know, I, I listen to a lot of different things. I mean, you know, it's funny, even like soundtrack music, yeah. like like uh, Batman, Inception, mm-hmm. um, there's uh, 007 stuff, yeah. you know, like I, I study a lot and I try not to listen to too many words people are like singing, right? Yeah. Whatever their message is. So it's really a lot of like instrumental stuff. Um, and I like things that, that ramp up on a gradient, you know, mm-hmm. that you just go start slow and then they, they go real fast and, you know, it's just kind of a buildup as you're, as you're, you're pumping up. Right. 
Yeah. You know, it's so interesting to me because no matter how many times I do this interview, I always learn the most about people when I ask them what their pump up song is. Like I get this whole answer of why, and I never tell them this. So anybody who listens to the podcast knows, um, but I never tell them until after they give me their answer that I have a whole playlist of everybody's answers. And so it goes from like now, now, you know, EDM or electronic music, is on it. Um, but I have everything from Christian music to like hardcore rap to like country to soundtracks. And like, it's just this mix of everything that my podcast guests have ever said, which is so cool. So now I get to add this to it. So it's gonna be amazing. Yeah. yeah. That's it. Music is amazing. I love music. It's uh, one of the greatest ways to communicate. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. So one more time, your book slacking off, um, Mm -hmm. And it can be found on Amazon. And if you are in Canada, we will get you one. Just reach out. We'll make sure you have a book. Um, Last question. If anybody wants to reach out to you, best place. I know that you mentioned a couple. Is there a place that you want people to reach out if they want to contact you? Yeah. You know, I mean, you can reach out to me through the Facebook page, the Instagram or or Twitter page of Slacking Off Book. you can also email me as well. Just ask ASK at michaelwarnold.com. Um, and I'm definitely willing to, you know, hear any communication about, you know, anything about the book or what you're going through and, um, you know, fill you in on anything that's coming up for sure. Awesome. Mike, it's been an amazing time with you. Thank you for spending a little bit of time with the audience and for sharing your book with us. Um, yeah, it has pleasure. been a blast. Thank you. Yeah, thanks, Amber. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the More Than Corporate Podcast. If anything that was said during this episode resonated with you or provided value in any way, it would mean the world to me if you would head over to iTunes and leave a rating and review for the More Than Corporate Podcast. Thank you so much for taking the time to do that. I'm really looking forward to connecting with you. If you'd also like to connect, I've created a Facebook group that is full of amazing people who also make it their mission to live their best life every single day. If that's that sounds like something that you're interested in. The name of that Facebook group is Success Center. Head over there, request to join, and I look forward to connecting with you soon.